So the Bible controversy is going to leave us with two primary questions to address, okay? We're going to have to deal with two things. Number one, is what we have there in your phone and on your iPad and on your laptop and in your printed Bible, is it what was written? Okay, because that's a big part of the criticism, is what you have what was actually written. That's, that's question number one. Question number two is, is what they wrote, if we have an accurate picture of what they wrote, is that actually God's message? Because we're trying to deal with both of those. And I presented those to you. Factual information, historical information, that's what it claims to be. And then, do we have a record of that? Is that, is that really what you're carrying around, is an accurate record of what was written? And then, is it really from God? How would we know that? Well, this week, we're going to deal with the first question. Is our Bible what the authors wrote? Okay, from Moses to John on the island of Patmos, are these books really what those guys wrote? We'll table for now whether or not it's God's word. We're just going to find out, is this what they wrote? Here's the challenge, okay? The challenge is, based on when it was written, which was not a year ago or a hundred years ago or even a thousand years ago, the challenge is that all ancient paper wears out, and that's a problem because all this stuff was written on ancient paper. Now, they did write some things on pots and on stone and on you know, uh, metal even. And some of our oldest Old Testament inscriptions are on metal. But, uh, and some on vellum, which is animal skins. But most of it was written on this. This is papyrus. Papyrus comes from a plant, a plant that was uh, frequently available and, and readily available on the banks of the wadis of the rivers and, and the banks of the of the, uh, of the rivers, and, and you would go get your papyrus plant. You would take it, you would dry it out, you would roll it into strips, you'd put those strips in a cross hatch, and that cross hatch then created a piece of paper. That's what we would call it, and it's called a papyrus. Mult uh, plural, it's a papyri, right? Multiple, the papyri of the Bible, okay? So you take that piece of paper, and then they would take ink, which of course they did from dyes. They did dyed a lot of things way back, for all the way back to antiquity, and they would write on it. So they had, this was the problem, paper that wasn't going to last too long, at least it's not designed to last too long, it's made of biological dried material, and they would write on it. So all ancient paper wears out. Okay, this is not uniquely a biblical problem. There's no ancient book that still has the original documents. We just don't have it for anything. Why? Because everything in antiquity, with the exception of some stone and metal writings, which is very hard to write anything of substance, you have it on papyrus mostly. That's the, the material and the medium of the ancient world. It's going to go away. That means that everything you've ever learned about history, if you go back far enough, right, we don't have any original copies of it. Everything you learn, even in early Western civilization, in the ancient Near East, uh, if you learn anything about Babylon or Assyria or Egypt, all of this was written on manuscripts that we no longer have, documents that we no longer have, okay? So there are no ancient copy machines. There's no way for us to take a digital scan of anything. There's no Xerox out there. So this is the challenge. Ancient paper wears out. We don't have any originals. There's no mechanical way to do it. Therefore, human beings are involved, and when human beings are involved in copying things, right, they make errors. And you could make the assumption, as some people try to make, that wouldn't God just guide this so there'd be no mistakes? Well, that's one of the easiest myths to disprove if you're a rational person, and all you have to do is look at all the ancient manuscripts we have out there, and we see clearly 
human error in copying those manuscripts. If I even put things on the screen and just this, this very screen and said, all of you quickly copy this, we would have errors. Even if I said slow down and copy it slowly, we probably wouldn't have 100% accuracy. Okay? So we've got that problem. And then the problem is the copies that were done were also done on ancient paper. Think about it. Right? The original's written on ancient paper, papyrus, some on vellum, but mostly papyrus, and even vellum is going to go away, right? Ancient uh, animal skins. And then they're going to make copies of it on what? On ancient paper. What's going to happen to that? Well, those are going to deteriorate as well. So that's the challenge. And what's the result? Well, we don't have any originals of any Bible book, not just any ancient book. We can't point to any manuscript of any text of scripture where any author of the text of scripture actually put a pen, a stylus to papyrus. We just don't, we don't have it. Nor do you have it of any other ancient book, as I said. Many of the copies have deteriorated. A lot of the copies that we can even work with and we'll look back on, they're not here anymore. So that's the problem. So what's our hope? If we're going to reassemble what it is that was originally written, what you're hoping for is very old copies, right? Why do I want old copies? Why do I want old copies that are closest to the original, right? Well, that's a very simple thing because it then has less time to compound any copying errors. If I make you copy the screen and then I turn the screen off and I have you take your worksheet and hand it to someone down the hall and they make a copy and then someone across the way makes a copy and they take it home and have their, 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 their relative make a copy and their relative takes it to work and has a coworker make a copy. We want to be as close to the original of you taking a copy of this as possible. And if your paper is going to be destroyed in a, in a day or two and then the paper at, down the hall that the person wrote is going to be destroyed in a, in a few days or a few weeks, we want to get back as far as we can to close the gap so we have less time for compounding the copy errors. Okay, I know I'm being very simple with this, but I'm going quickly, so smile at me if you get it. That one's pretty easy, right? Okay, number two, I want many old copies. I don't just want old copies. I want as many old copies as possible. Why? Because if I got a lot of old copies and everyone right here did exactly what I said, you all made a copy of the screen, you all go across the, 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 the campus, because there's twice as many people around the campus tonight as there are in this room, and you had them all make copies, and then they all went home and had a relative make a copy, and then all those relatives went to work and had a coworker make a copy, and now I had thousands of copies of something I had you copy on the screen. Do you know what I want? If a bunch of them had deteriorated and gone away, I want as many of them as possible to compare to find out what Mike actually put on the screen. You see that? So I want more copies to compare. And there's differences there. We call that variance. There's a variation between what you copied and what the coworker of that guy copied that was from someone else's paper, from someone else down the hall, from someone else's family member, from someone else's coworker. I want more copies to compare those variants. And then, then I have a better ability to reconstruct the original. I want to know what was actually on the screen. So the older the copies, the better, and the more old copies, the better. Very simple. Every single piece of history, every single piece of poetry, every single piece of prose, all relies on this from antiquity. We've got to have old copies would be good, and we've got to have a lot of copies. That would be good. We don't have copy machines, but we have something very helpful in the Old Testament. Professional human copy machines, quote-unquote. Okay? The scribes had meticulous rules about copying the scripture. It was the most important thing that they did. They had a 
a meticulous set. I'll, I'll read Josephus, who was the chronicler, the, the historian of ancient Israel. He was conscripted by Rome in the first century, and he took all the sources and wrote about the Old Testament. And here's what he said about the copying of the Old Testament. He said, we have given practical proofs of our reverence for our own scriptures. He's writing this to the world, right? Being underwritten by the Romans. For although such long ages have now passed, right? He's writing from the first century, talking about Moses, 1,400 years before him. He says, no one has ventured either to add or to remove or to alter a syllable of our holy scriptures. It is an instinct with every Jew from the day of his birth to regard them as a decree of God, to abide by them, and if need be, cheerfully die for them. That's how the average Jewish person thought about the scriptures. And then there was a set of people in Israel called the scribes, and they were the professional human copy machines. That was their job. And there were all kinds of rules. They had to make their papyrus sheets with exactly the same number of lines, the exact same number of columns in terms of what they were writing, uh, the list, the extending between the lines of what they were going to do. They had to copy every line and then go back and check it all. They had to count every word and every letter. They would stop, of course, at the writing of God's name. They had a special ritual for that. They had all kinds of rules that were all transcribed uh, and given to us. Uh, I mean, the, we have extant copies of 10th century Jewish rabbi, uh, or scribes rather, speaking of, of the rabbi, speaking of what the scribes were required to do in the copying of scripture. So what did that leave us with? Well, it left us with an, an impressive set of old copies when it relates to the Old Testament. Now, this may be an outlier, but we have a fragment that has at least a few references from the Old Testament. This was the one on metal that I'd spoken of from 600 BC, and that's the oldest, rough and dirty, 650, dating in that period of time. So this is even before the Old Testament was finished being written in 430. So this was the one, one of the most famous one you may have heard of is the inscription on, a, on metal, on silver, of the Aaronic blessing back in, in uh, the book of Numbers, right? The Lord make his face shine upon you. And that Aaronic blessing that was given by the priest over the people. Okay? Then we have something called the Dead Sea Scrolls that we're going to look more closely at that I think is pivotal, even in a workroom discussion to talk about with people. Dead Sea Scrolls from about 250 BC. We also have, thanks to Alexander the Great, a major Greek translation in the third century BC, and we have fragments that are extant back to the second century AD, so a gap of only 100 years between the writing of this thing we call the Septuagint which means 70. There were 70 scholars dispatched to write this, translate this from Hebrew. So Alexander was building a great library in, in Egypt, and he wanted, of course, all the important books, and the most important book in antiquity was the Bible, so he had the Jewish people conscripted to write this book so he could have copies in the Alexandrian library. So that was very helpful because we have a very meticulously well-funded uh, conscription of scribes to translate the Old Testament into Greek, called the Septuagint. Uh, abbreviated in your commentaries, by the way, by LXX. LXX, the Roman numerals for 70. That's where we get the word Septuagint.